Joel, though, I want to welcome one of the greatest in the game. He's underrated, even though I know you don't like the war, but it's true. You got to recognize that this man should be right up there with all them right now. I'm not even lying. No, I appreciate the that. nicest in the game, man. I am Sue, Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, iHeartRadio Live 365. <laughs> I am Sue. How you doing tonight, man? I'm great. That was a hell of an intro, so I'm, I'm feeling great. <laughs> enjoying your life, enjoying the new project, California Deluxe? Yes, sir. Loving it, bro. Loving it, bro. No auto. You showcase your lyrical ability on that. That's the Sue. That's the Sue in you. Yeah. Yeah, that's what people be wanting. I just... um. I'm such a creative person. I'd be turning that auto-tune on and just reaching for new levels. But, you know, every project, these last three, I'm like, I got to give them straight bars, no auto-tune, go as long as I could go. So I'm going to make sure I had that on every single project and just try to come with some little clever lines here and there. You got a song for every crowd now. I'm When you go out to New York, the song I just mentioned, No Auto, is something that New Yorkers would love because they like that real hip-hop, lyrical stuff. You go out to California, they like the chill stuff. The Bay yeah. Area, of course, we know HBK. How is yeah. it performing out in different areas and having such a, a buffet of different songs that they could yeah, not keep by? It's dope. it's dope. I got a lot of love. Like Especially if you speak of New York, I did a bunch of shows in New York like all the way back. So I think the venue is called like Santos Party House or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, so I rocked over there. Um, I performed in Brooklyn. I performed at another music hall. I think Jay-Z did his B-sides there, but I forget the name right now. But um, it's like a three-level music venue. It's in Manhattan. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, I, I probably know what it is. Yeah, I just can't think but yeah, of Jay-Z did his B-sides there. I've been it's to like a bunch of them. Music hall. Yeah, so I love New York. And I, I do kind of adjust my shows depending where I'm at. So like, like you said, Kelly, I could... I could relax. I know most people are going to know most songs, but New York, I feel like I need to go extra hard. Like Detroit, I feel like I need to really wrap my ass off in Detroit. Um, yeah, so just different places, it's different flavors. Mm -hmm. What crowd was was the most tough on you as far as wanting a different sound? Because I've heard stories of artists going to New York and they were playing their stuff that were for a different crowd and they were like, give me the bars, give me the bars. Was that New York for you? Nah, hell nah, New York was rolling with me. That yeah. <laughs> energy, like, they brought that they brought that energy. We was partying in New York. I can't lie. But uh, my toughest crowd, where I was just like, damn, I didn't know what to do, it probably would be Detroit. Detroit, I had to, like, they was enjoying the show, but I really feel like I had to sell that music while I was up there. I really felt like I had to just, yeah, like, we had to go in, so... And that's what you did, 100%. But I'm from the 5 and the 10. That's a good one. For sure. Yeah, yeah, repping the crib. Um, you know, that area code, it gets repped, but I feel like not a lot of rappers will be claiming a 510. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I wanted to give a little detail about where I'm from and just show, like, the cool parts of it. Like, Yeah, stay humble. That's something that you obviously are. Why is it so important for you to stay humble in this game? Man, because I see what happens when you're not humble and ex from personal experience, not even pointing a finger at nobody. When I try to feel myself too much, I crash out. So I just try to stay humble. So there were times where you weren't humble and you realized just learning from experiences that it's better to stay grounded? Yeah, and I crashed for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <And I> crashed. <laughs> uh, but you're not crashing anymore. You're still releasing material. How are performances go with this new project? You've been able to have any opportunities? I know the pandemic has some weird clauses on certain places. Yeah, so I mean, 
shows have opened up all year, but I decided that I was going to kind of take a step back. But recently, I've been performing. So I performed at the Millennium Tour in Oakland. Uh, Lloyd brought me out. And then I just performed at Day in Vegas Festival last weekend. So I'm like popping up here and there. So 2022, I plan on getting back out there and just doing my thing. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start from the beginning now. Tell me about your life story of growing up in Richmond, California. Yeah. So that's where I was born. I was born in San Pablo at Brookside Medical Hospital. Uh, so like in and around Richmond as a youth, I went to Pano Valley High School, uh, CC College. My first jobs were at uh, elementary schools and junior high schools. I was an after school program teacher. So that was like all the kids know me and my mom. You know, my mom's a teacher as well. So all the kids know me as Mr. Williams. You feel me? Those like kids the 20 were bad to you too. They didn't listen to you. Man, they was high feet. Yeah, they was high feet <laughs> back in the day. But we grew a bond. So I'm still cool with a lot of them students right now. And they be supporting my music and stuff. So I was telling them I was going to be rapping way back then. So they was just super proud. Mm-hmm. You started when you were 14. I know some of your major influences include Kanye West, R. Kelly, Aaliyah, Marching Band. Those are some of your major influences. And I think that you get the Kanye West and R. Kelly influences in music because you can also produce your music. R. Kelly is sensitive, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Kanye West, for sure. My first email was uh, Sudanye West at Yahoo. <laughs> oh, that's fire. <laughs> so yeah, I love Kanye. I love Kanye from day one. I played college dropout on my CD player with bass boost. I had to buy that CD probably like three different times because I just played it out, would lose it. I played college dropout so I couldn't play it no more. So Kanye West definitely at the top of my list. Just overall style, music, just how he does his thing. I, I love Kanye West. Being a fan of Kanye West, how do you feel about his sound changing over time? I get that artists and producers grow over time. They change their sounds, but you mentioned college dropout, then you got graduation and his le- his legendary albums. Then you get to Yeezus and then you get to Life of Pablo. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about how his sound changed up, especially with Donda? Yeah, I'll just put my seatbelt on. And then like after the first couple of changes, like the first three albums, I feel like we're kind of in alignment with each other. Like we he built a brand with those. But when he went um, 808s and Heartbreaks, I was just like, wow, it was just like brave, you know? And that's what led me to be like, let me cut the auto-tune on. I was already feeling auto-tune, but once he really went on one with that one, it just had me like super inspired to to take more risks. Mm-hmm. Backflip was a song that you produced for Casey Veggies. That was huge. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And that was a fun night. It was out there in LA, uh, BET Awards weekend, like 2014. So my album, Sincerely Yours, came out in May. And I was still just on a promo run because the BT Awards are in June. So got the opportunity to go to the awards with Sage. Uh, my manager at the time, Stretch, gave me his ticket. And so I go to the BT Awards. I'm super juiced off for that. Then I go to the studio that night. And then Casey pulls up and we make backflip right on the spot. Became a hit. And was this when you realized that, man, I could be a hit producer because I'm not only producing my own tracks that are going off, but other people's. For sure, for sure. And like, in addition to Kanye, I always look to people like Pharrell, you know, just like those producers that will also feature on a song and like bring life to the song. So that definitely was a bag. I'm like, for sure, you know, I'm like, this is something I could always do. If I don't want to just be the main artist, I could always produce and write. I know you were sending music to Tyga too. For you sending him. Yeah, me and Tyga got a couple songs. Yeah. Yeah, we got a couple songs. 
Have you talked with him any further about producing anything in the future with him? I've been super reserved with producing for people. Yeah. Like I've just been kind of making songs for myself, kind of almost in like a J. Cole type of bag. Like I'm gonna just make my music kind of insulated, but <clears throat> like moving forward, I'm definitely open to work with everybody. Who's someone that once you're ready that you're really tapped in with to working with? Who who you haven't worked with yet because you work with a ton of people? Somebody that I would really want to work with right now. Mm-hmm. Probably it's always future for sure. But I would say like right now, it'll probably be gonna. I feel like me and gonna make some super hard. Tough. Mm-hmm. That'll be tough. I could see that happening. Yeah, like melodies, some guitars. Just going crazy. Mm-hmm. How's it feel that you finally overcame Up? Because Up was that hit song, whereas oh, you can't just can't get can't get over that hump, but you did. Man, I, I, that means a lot because that was like my life's mission at one point was to overcome that. <laughs> like, because uh, I'm like, man, I'm an artist for real, bro. Like, I got so much more to offer than that. Not even taking away from that song, but I'm just like, I got so much more to offer to music than that. I'm just like, damn, like. So it just took like so much music and just so many different like narrative changes and me feeling like, oh, I really got to tell my story, even when people maybe didn't want to hear it. So it just took a lot of that. Well, it was like a time where I could have just fully cashed in on an up sound and just made a trillion ups. But I was like more interested in music, like really making different types of music. Mm-hmm. Oh, like I said before, you were able to overcome that. It's, it's it's almost always similar to Nas with Illmatic because he's always talking about, man, I'm tired of Illmatic. I'm tired of hearing about it because look at all the other albums he's made. It was written. Right. I am Stillmatic. Those albums don't get right. as much praise. And to me, I think It Was Written was a better album. Mm, see, I need to visit that. But when I started, I, lo- I listened to Illmatic and then like I started getting into Nas. Probably it was like stillmatic godson streets disciple godson's a great album. i was like listening to um nas like the n-word i think it was called mm-hmm. so like that whole phase that whole like after that shot like after that time that's when i start really tuning into nas like and giving his releases a chance every time as far as lyricists go, who do you admire most? Because we, we've heard you on your song, especially with No Auto, where you're just going in on some type of big L type of flow. Oh, man, like lyricists. Mm-hmm. Number one is Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is like my biggest rapping inspiration. I used to really rap like him, like, mm-hmm. you know, and I just really appreciate like I'll be listening to stuff right now and be like, damn, that's that's what that meant. Like, you know, I'll be catching lines like, 10 12 years later like oh you know what i'm saying so wayne for sure um let me try to think of somebody that's just super nice that nobody would normally say hmm 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 hmm. i like g herbo like we're talking about straight bars Mm -hmm. benny the butcher for sure he's signed with snoop dog too yep 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 i'm trying to think and it's like one more person I'm going to say, I'm going to put Jadakiss and Lloyd Banks. Ooh. Either one. That's tough. Yeah. Lloyd like Banks the- was like, definitely. I used to love Lloyd Banks. The way he put them punchlines together, he was too crazy. Hunger for more. Mm-hmm. Hunger for more, too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Shouts out to Lloyd Banks, to the whole G-Unit. They showed me hella love. Rotten like, Apple. early on. Yeah, that Rotten Apple album, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was a sleeper. It was. Not everyone was on that one. Yeah, but it has some bangers on there. It did, especially for real hip hop heads. And and we you can tell just through your music that you appreciate the lyricism and the art of hip hop because there's an art to this. Whereas though social media has kind of just disbanded it where people just throw out anything out there and they feel as though it's good and it could be a masterpiece. But you're, you're kind of like that artist from the last generation. Like when you think about the 2013s, the 2014s, after that generation, you didn't see too many artists that really made it in that way. You kind of came out, you didn't really come through the social media way per se, right. just, just staying totally attached to social media. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, I talk about that with the homies sometimes. It was like, we low-key the last generation of 106 in Park and, like, yep. radio freestyles and stuff like that. So where it was, like, we had to kind of touch the people a little bit more. And, like, nowadays, I feel like social media is beautiful because it's helped me in my career mm-hmm. so much, but it's just different. Yeah. A hundred percent. And those 106 in Park days, it's, I wish we could get back there. The Rhapsody basement days. Man, but... I'll go in there and flame something right now. <laughs> oh man. But I, I really enjoyed hearing the rappers that you admire as far as lyricists go, but we, we got to get into your other work. And at 14, you started music, you were experimenting with different instruments. What was in your starter kit as far as instruments go? Uh, my drum set and my piano. Well, not my piano, my grandparents' piano. And then my laptop, or really my Dell desktop at first. That's where I started making beats on. It was um, it was this program. It wasn't even FL Studio. It was like Wave Edit. It was like Wave Edit. And I would take a bunch of different clips from a bunch of different songs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I got this uh, snare from Dr. Dre, Let Me Ride. I got this loop from this song and this, and I would just try to match it up and I would literally copy and paste every sound, like the, put the clicks and the claps and the kicks in place. And once I get like a two bar or a four bar loop, I'll just copy that hella much. And those were like my first beats. And then it went to FL Studio, then Reason, which I use now. Reason. And how is that? How's that been that transition to Reason? Because with technology changes over the years, especially as a, a real producer, not someone that just goes on an app and does what they do and drops it on SoundCloud. Man, Reason has been awesome because it's like it keeps evolving. There's a lot of producers that be like off of Reason because it looked hella old school, but I just got Reason 12 or 13, whichever the newest one is. And it's like it got all the capabilities. And this is not a commercial. I don't work for them, but no, no. they got the pitch bending. They got the VSTs. They got the fire sampler now. It's like so Reason is doing what it needs to do for sure. A hundred percent. And we got to get into your rapper name. Sue, you changed it for is it search engine purposes. Was that what it was for? That's why you really changed it? <laughs> I mean, once everything was really making sense. Yes. So at first it was just Sue and we'd be trying to search my name um, and it would be like everything but me. And then my Twitter would come up sometimes. But I noticed every time I searched my Twitter name, it would come up. So I want to credit DJ Slowpoke because he hosted my mixtape uh, T minus. And he was like, I just want to keep calling this man by his Twitter name, which was I am Sue. And then that eventually just became my name because like you said, search engine and all that stuff. How'd you deal with the popularity and the fame at such a young, young age in high school? Because you were getting on these huge tracks, function, gas pedal. How'd it feel because you were in high school? It was after high school. It was after high school. Oh, okay. But I was like 21, 22. So it was like, crazy i don't know i was like everybody was saying i was hella oblivious but that was like i was always just on the way to the next 
the reason why I would just be like not so caught up in the song is because I'm like, what's the next song? Oh, okay, that's cool. People be calling me like, damn, gas pedal blowing up, bro. Like, whoo. and I'd be like, on to making kill two, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the way my mind works is like, I'd be appreciating the win, but then it's like, now what? You know what I'm saying? Like, once yeah. the high, you reach the high, then it's like, now what? You know? So that's what that was. But then that time was insane. It seemed like every day it was somebody like big hitting my dms or something it was always a show to pop out at it was always a verse somebody trying to buy a verse or a beat all the time so it was just like crazy and we just stayed traveling like we would just be mobbing to la hella much gang deep we all in two rooms like 12 folks just living that early rapper life that i see the new guys doing it's like real cool to see the cycle continue (laughs) Tell me, how was the studio session for Function, especially being in working with the legendary E40? So how it went was um, he sent me the song mm-hmm. when I was in L.A. at my girlfriend at the Times house. And we was like, look, looking at each other, like the way it sounded, we was like, what? And she was like, do it, do it. As soon as you get back to the Bay, do it. So I was kind of sick and stuff, but I banged it out. I had lost my voice. That's why my voice sounded like that, so. I was at my boy Chief house. He had this fat ass sub. And I remember he was just slapping the song and stuff. And I just went in. I just like went in. I'm like, I'm finna rap like this is my last time. I'm finna <laughs> rap. Like I just went in on anything. Uh, but it's important that you were able to work with E40 because someday I did hear you say that you want to be mentioned in the same breath as E40 and Too Short. You want to make sure that you have 1, that impact. 1000%. Yes. Because uh, to me, their longevity, their independence, their consistency, you know, their business moves outside of music. That's what I I really would like to be in that class. Um, You know, E40 a Scorpio, so his birthday the day before mine. That's right. Also, your birthday just passed then. Yeah, November 16th. Yeah, because E40's birthday was just here, and happy belated to you. What did you do for your birthday? Thank you. Uh, I went to Vegas. So when I was talking about the day in Vegas festival, that was like a part of my birthday weekend. So I just had like, went to a couple dinners, performed at the festival. And then I went to the Raiders game, which was super lit. How you feel about the Raiders being in Vegas now? It broke my heart when they first left. But now that I see that stadium, it makes sense. Oh, <laughs> <I see> <laughs> uh, Because it took away their in my opinion, their tough persona. When you think of the Raiders, you think of Oakland. They're these this rough, yeah. tough team. Now they're out here and they're like, they became rich. <laughs> yeah, they came super rich. And yeah. it was so many Chiefs fans. It's like, it's no home field advantage over here because everybody comes to Vegas. Like Oakland, yeah, people come, but people's coming to Vegas every single minute. So that stadium was packed with people that I don't even know if they even cared about the game. They was just in there getting drunk. Like. <laughs> Were you a Raiders fan? Because you mentioned that you were heartbroken. I mean, I guess so. I'm like not the biggest football fan ever. I've been to a Niners game and I know I'm not a Niners fan, so I'm a Raiders fan. <laughs> How about for basketball? Who's your team? Basketball's the Lakers. The Lakers? Oh, how you feel yes, about sir. that LeBron play last night and he only getting suspended one game? I mean, he get preferential treatment just because, you know, it's his league still. Um, but that was nasty how the dude's face looked after yeah, I Stewart. think. Could have been like five or six games, you know what I mean, in a in a huge fine. But he said it was unintentional, so, eh, you know what I mean. But uh, 
it was crazy. I think they had to show that toughness though, because they just thinking that we soft out here. Yeah, <laughs> Malice at the Palace. There was it looked like there was going to be a part two if it escalated. Uh, if Stewart got to LeBron, there might have. Oh been. yeah, they would have been scrapping. But Russ was ready. I don't know if you saw yeah, that. Yeah, I did see that. They were holding him back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's a total Metal World Peace move by LeBron. Not and I wouldn't say I, I would say Metal World Peace's move was worse when he elbowed James Harden. If you can recall that play. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it reminded me of that, and that's when Meadow was on the Lakers. Yeah, something about that Laker unit. You might have to just throw some bows around. <laughs> Congratulations on starting your own label, too. Eyes on me. Yes, sir. LLC. Yes, sir. You decided to create this because you didn't want to deal with these big labels. They were jerking you, and you said, why am I going to join a big label? Because I bought myself two Benzes. I have a house. Yeah. I have chains. I've been overseas. What's the point Correct. of a big label? Man, especially at that time. And I was entertaining partnerships, like, at that time. But it's just definitely has been a blessing to have my own label and just retain this ownership of my music and also do things like upload my album two days before it drops. Like, just be making songs and be like, okay, I'm dropping right now. So having that freedom and not having to fit into a mold is, like, one of the big benefits of being independent. Do you see that in a way that, these major labels are eventually they're going to change in a way to even, I wouldn't say they're ever going to disappear, but you see artists such as yourself going independent. Do you see that being the major thing now? Just artists just strictly going independent because you'd be surprised about the major artists you see in the game. Fat Joe's independent. There's right. major artists who are independent. I think um, it's always going to be a space for us, but it's always a new guy ready to sign. It's just like a, um, I feel like it was a rock and roll video um, a long time ago, and it was a bunch of kids going into the grinder. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like Pink Floyd or something. It was just like, but anyway, my reference means this. It's always gonna be somebody new to sign on that dotted line. So <laughs> I don't think I don't think they going nowhere no time soon, just because the allure of like fame and fortune and instant success might outweigh long term to some. But it's a lot of people getting hip, too. So I think it's like 50-50. Yeah. Labels are just insane because even though you see these rappers out here that are great lyricists and you see Dave East could be one of them, these they don't promote their artists that they sign either. And then you get shelved and you can't shelf yourself once you're independent. You can't shelf yourself. It's your yeah. work ethic, bro. You should put that on a T-shirt. You can't shelf yourself. <laughs> but yeah, like, it's really just your work ethic. That's what it all boils down to. So independent ain't for everybody. You have to front the bill, and you have to be down to work. So if you're not into putting your own money up, and if you're not into potentially taking an L, or you're not dedicated on being in that studio. So it's like, just as much as you care about rapping, you got to care about your release strategy and all this stuff, which is cool for me just because I'm on my phone all day anyway. So I just be looking at different artists, how they go about their rollouts, how they go about their investments and stuff. And I just, things I like, I pick from here and there everywhere and just adapt. Who are some of those artists that you've studied in which you're picking certain things out? Oh, uh, yeah, so many, bro. It could go from, like, Uzi and Aiden Ross stream. So it's like, okay, everybody's hopping on the Aiden Ross stream. Or it could be, like, Moneybag Yo and Thug buying land in their states, you know, and, like, stuff like that. Or Russ dropping that book 
you know, or um, it could be a whole bunch of different things. I saw Murder Beats drop the sound kit, like just things within music that's like different types of thinking that's still like filming. You can run it up off of different little things like that, like a how-to book with Russ. I know he ran it up off of that, like just different ventures into where you don't always have to tour. You don't always have to drop an album. It's just like more tangible products and just assets. And I like stuff like that. Something that's amazing about you is that you have these hits that you've had in the past come back and then they keep going platinum and they keep going yeah. viral. Isn't it insane? Yeah, <laughs> Bro, it is insane, bro. Cause I'm like, it just seemed like the songs won't die. Like for instance, like up, just start going viral on TikTok like last year. I saw like, that. Super viral. And then famous went super viral. I was like, dang, like all the blogs like a million plus TikTok videos, which I guess is like going platinum, you feel me? So a million people did something. It's like, it was changing clothes. So I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And then, yeah, bro. Like even a soldier walk to an extent was cool to just put that out and like, just see what people did to it. When I first posted that dance, I, I was like, this might flop, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I got hella videos of people doing it. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. Your big listener. So it's like a social experiment, experiment, low key. Yeah, it really is, and it's amazing how these songs just come back and be hits. As I said before, it would be interesting to see other artists do that. And you really don't see too many other artists that they, they come back and just take over the viral scene again. It's very rare to see that. It's very rare. Yeah, so I'm grateful about that, and that's just why I started releasing hella more music. Like right in the moment when that was going up, I probably dropped like 40 songs, and then even going into this year, it's just like let me drop more and more music you know how did covid change your life for the better even though it was a negative time and we're still going through it man it just made me focus that was number one it made me sit still which is number two which i really needed to do uh i start eating at home so it wasn't no popeyes and pizza and uh. hennessy and stuff <laughs> so i start like moving better i got way healthier um and i picked up hella more skills like within music and also just like life skills, like painting and gardening and just different little stuff. So coronavirus was a necessary break for me. Yeah, I would say, like aside from the negative things, I'm grateful for that time to just focus up. It sounds as though a lot of artists changed their ways and got better during the whole quarantine process and COVID and, and that's great to hear. But you're a huge listener of Uzi, Meek Mill, Mike Sherm, Drake, yeah. some of the artists that you're listening to right now. Who, who do you think is on the rise right now? It could be from your area. Because I know you're in Atlanta and in California right now. So who's someone that you see on the rise that could be making the next impact out here? Um, so Fago, mm. for sure. Ken Carson, um, SSG Kobe, um, Capolo. Um, Lim West, uh, Fabes, he's from the Bay going crazy. Um, so many people, Kalen for real, for real, he's so fire to me. Um, uh, yeah, this is hella, bro. It's hella. Yeah. I could let, name probably like 25 people right now. I listen to so much new music. Have you thought about signing any of these artists if they're not signed already, or any artists that you're looking at now that you have your own label? Uh, I'm down to produce an artist. I'm not necessarily looking to really sign anybody, but I would love to just have somebody get down with a click and just produce for them and 
and game them up on how to move through the industry. But as far as like getting them on a five albums for this, I ain't trying to really control nobody's career like that because I'm still an artist. And I always see like when people sign an artist, they don't always work out. Mm-hmm. Do you still listen to your music in the 06 Solera? <laughs> no, I ended up getting a new car, but you got a new car. <laughs> I wish I would have kept that. I wish I would have kept that because the sound system in that car, stupid slap. I love to preview songs in there because it would be slapping three hard and um it gave me a vibe. Like that car was like a super vibe. Did so much in that car. Yeah, how how does the music sound in your new car? Is it the same or no? Not really. It's a newer car, but the sound system just isn't the same as it was. The sound system ain't the same. It's oh. flat, but it it ain't that. It ain't that though. The Toyota has so much bass. It's just a vibe. I don't know. I can't describe it. Like it's just a vibe, bro. Let's talk about your track in 2020 that you released during the the protests that were going on. The George. Mm-hmm. Things for the people. What was going through your mind when you wrote this track? Because it was you. You were hinting at the struggles that you were going through and, and finding success, and even when you're gone, which you were hinting at retirement and many many years to come. Oh yeah, so that was just an emotional time. I wrote that as a poem at first, and I was just gonna share it on social media, but um, I ended up rapping it, um, and it was super emotional. It was super emotional for me to do that, like. Um, I don't usually talk like political, you know what I mean? But it was just so much going on and also with feeling trapped too. So it was like, all I can use is my voice. And I'm like, I'm going to look back on this time and regret it if I don't say nothing, you know? So I'm like, I had to say something. And it was important that you did, especially the times we're going through in which you can apparently just get away with murder with an AR-15 and claim self-defense. And uh, yeah, that's that's true. That's a great thing. It's just, uh, I really don't understand that. The Black Neighborhood and the Brave Area are two things that you've participated in as well, especially in 2020. Yeah, you hit. Yeah, for sure. Black Neighborhood, that's uh, my boy Rice and company, Corey, all those good guys down here in Richmond, and they just did a turkey giveaway, I believe, yesterday. So, yeah, they do great things out here in Richmond and beyond, all over. I think they got events, like, out of state as well. So, definitely the Black Neighborhood, something I'm definitely behind. Mm-hmm. The important things that you support and which people need to recognize. And if they do, I'm sure they're tuned in. We got to get into Yay Area and working with Lil John. Yeah. Yeah. So legend, that's the That legend. goes into that that convo we was talking about with E40 and Two Shirts. And one thing I really noticed, like that was a pivotal part of their careers. When they made the choice to work with him, I saw like a reinvention in their careers and um like more mainstream. So I'm like, if I got the opportunity, I'm hopping on it. So I just went on Twitter. It was like, I'm trying to work with Lil John, and he hit me right back. He's the, like the coolest dude ever. We've been locked in ever since. Texting all the time. He came to the Bay, came to the club with him. Um, we're working on more music. So we just built a cool relationship. And uh, we both live in the same area in Atlanta, I just found out. So when I get back to Atlanta, I'm definitely going to get in with him some more. That's fire. Could we see a collaboration tape? Because I know you've worked with Problem. Could we see a, a collaboration tape between you two, possibly? I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. I mean, he wants me to help him work on some stuff he has going, but if we could bang out a little six, seven songs, man, that'd be three hard. Oh, that's tough. That's Yeah, that'd uh, be legendary. You just flip some old songs, too. Yeah, that would be amazing for you. Legendary in the books. But I got to get into this song, By My Side. That's, yes, sir. That song was crazy. Yeah, for sure. You see for that sure. in the comments. That, like, and that just goes to show times. you. 
that goes to show you too when you see in the comments is people are saying that this is just that's a hit and you right, really know how to structure a song just by listening to that song you know how to structure because you come in with the hook you come in with mm -hmm. the verses crazy yeah i appreciate that yeah i made that song in hawaii and it was just like such a vibe on that trip i just went and just banged that out in one session and everybody in the studio was geek we played that song so many times after i recorded it we just kept running it back like dang boy like so I'm just glad that the people felt it because it wasn't no stimulus package behind that. It wasn't really no money invested into that song. It was just like uploaded and then people just reacted naturally. So autumn views, ain't no bought views, ain't no bought streams. It was just support. But a main thing that really helped it was a challenge. So I put the instrumental up and then like thousands of people submitted videos and I was just posting them and I was just building a song up hella much. That's something that you mentioned today, too, that you really didn't have back then and you couldn't fake it. These artists, they buy all their views and all these likes. And that's that's really ruining the game because the artists that are really doing numbers, they're being outweighed by the the ghost likes and the ghost numbers. Yeah. So like a real hundred and fifty thousand views is honestly a lot. Like if it's just normal, organic hundred fifty thousand. But when you put the grease on it, that'll turn into five million. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's just I don't really trip off the pumped up numbers. I just know good music is going to last and it's going to spread. So I just stick to my guns. Yeah. Let's talk about your songs up. Just keep going viral. That's not going to happen. You know what I mean? For these artists yeah. that are out here faking like that, it's not going to happen. Yeah, you faking, no. <laughs> but it's a lot of good music out here. So, yeah, it's good music. Definitely still going around. Mm -hmm. Kill three million dollar Afro. You have some amazing bodies of work here working with Problem. Man, when did you form your relationship with Problem? Problem came like by way of my managers at the time. Like he came to the Bay and did some shows. We was just supporting him, kicking it with him. And then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, y'all need to do a mixtape. Like, oop. So we just put the mixtape together. But it was just so happy that Problem is one of the coolest people ever, you know? So we was just kicking it. That became like my big brother. Anything in LA, he was just making sure I was right. And we just banged that album out. And I would love to do another one before he retired. Cause I know he keeps saying he's gonna retire from rap. <laughs> yes, he always says that. Which part. I don't think he needs to do. I think he needs to stick around. Yeah, he's no, cool you, you never really retire. Jay-Z retired back in the late nineties and that that hasn't that happened. Work, right? wow. You can't. <laughs> Once you're invested in this music career, you really can't. You because it's it's your labor of love, and eventually you're gonna get in the back of that booth because you're gonna see other people moving forward. And it because if you're seeing it right now, Nas when, and Jay Z going at it in the early 2000s. There, Nas is running New York hip hop as far as the legend standpoint go with KD and KD too. He's going crazy. So I'm yeah. curious to see when Jay Z is gonna get back in here and and try to like you know it's my turn to take this throne yeah, back. Yeah, I would right love Jay Z to just put out an album like on some Hove type vibes. Yeah, right. Like he gave us the four 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 vibes. I would love to hear Hove vibes. Yeah. Like I'm the biggest baddest ever. Gas, you know, craziest beats. You know, like you've been around for a long time. I'm sure any some of your producer friends is keeping their best beats in the Jay Z folder. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I would love to see him get on that. I need to see you on a track with the game here. I, I love oh, that would be hard. I ain't gonna lie. You know, the game was literally like one of my favorite rappers. Like documentary. documentary. 
Man, the Red Album, Doctor's Advocate, Doctor's Advocate, and, and Kanye did some production on there. Is what he was on a right. He did early on, first album, and I remember like all the Black Wall Street. Like my boy, who's also my neighbor, like my childhood friend Brandon, he had all the unreleased Black Wall Street, like all of it, bro. So before a Games album was called the documentary, I think it was called NWA or something like that, and he was having all the leaks, like AOL first listens, mixtapes. I think the DJ's name was New Jersey Devil. So he was just having hell of that. The game. Now he's someone that's underrated. I know you don't like that word, but that's a word I, I use because it, you got to put it out there because this guy should be no, getting that's more the truth, flowers though. than he is. You know that's what true. I mean? The game is a problem. Like that 300 bars, I don't think anybody's ever done that. No. Since then. <laughs> <laughs> he guessed oh. that man 50 for 300 bars. It was like 16 minutes. Like yeah. he went in, bro. Insane. And, and he and he dropped 92 bars against Meek Mill there. I, the game is someone that you don't want beef with. Yeah, because he's going to ride that shit until it don't exist. No yeah. <laughs> he's going to go in about some beef, bro. But yeah, the game, definitely a legend, multi-platinum. Like, he's one of the ones, especially as far as California goes, he broke barriers, you feel me? So I tip my hat to the game. I was reading online somewhere that 50 Cent was featured on one of the remixes that you produced. Yeah, 50 song? Cent hopped on up. Oh, hopped okay, on up. yeah. Like the, when Rand signed the Interscope, 50 was incorporated, and that's how they shot the big video. And then we made another song that never got officially released. Um, it's called Show You. Ooh. But yeah, How was you this? So you YouTube, tell me the story behind this. Were you actually in the booth with 50 Cent making this song, too? No, never in the booth with 50. Oh. But me and 50 was tapped in for, like, a cool period of time. Like, we would talk on the phone. I saw him in person a few times, and he he played a mentor role. He talked to me a lot when I was going through early rap game stuff. What were some of the things that he told you? Because this is this is a moment right here for you and your fans to find out what what the conversations were like with 50 Cent as being a legend. Man, it was crazy. He talked to us on the phone for, like, four hours. Like, four hours. It was crazy. I'm like dang like and he was just sharing like he liked our organic music like how we came with like a back and forth he said he really liked our call and response songs we had another single called swagging and he was just like everybody can get with that he was just like giving us props and he was hip like he was hip so i i thought he was hella cool he lived up to the expectations like you know get rich or die trying like you know what i'm saying and like what that meant to everybody so being able to just have a conversation with him was crazy Huge. And just think about it. His sophomore album, The Massacre, some people even say it's better than Get Rich or Die Trying. That's how great The Massacre was. Yeah, The Massacre had bangers on it. That Baltimore Love thing was crazy. It's a lot of bangers on there. Insane. What do you think is your masterpiece of an album or project that you've released thus far? What is your Get Rich or Die Trying? And my masterpiece uh, right now is Sincerely Yours. Sincerely. I think that's my best album. Most complete album, best production, just the whole nine. Kill three, that's another one too. Oh man, yeah, kill three was hard, bro. Yeah, yeah, I could see that too. I could see that too. Yeah, that was hard. So I mean, either one of those, either one of those, just because I'm just going off a scale of production, lyrics, mm -hmm. impact. But Kill 3 and Sincerely Yours was, like, right on the same level to me, so. Yeah, those are your two. That's your Get Rich or Die Trying and Massacre. 
right there. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I was in New York when Kill 3 dropped and that was just hella special to me. Um, it was like kind of ceremonious because like I dropped my Sincerely Yours album on Warner Brothers, went through that process. When I was finally independent, I'm still in a Warner Brothers office because I had been signed to, as, to a publishing deal as well. So I would be in a studio still. But that album came out in the same office that I was signed to, that same building. It was just like surreal, like, wow, like this is my first independent album. And just looking out the window at Times Square and stuff. Like, you know, the Warner building, I don't know if you've been there, it's like right in the middle of Times Square. I know where it is, yeah. Yeah, so like being in there, looking around, I was just like, wow, like, you know, this is a milestone. Yeah. HBK, mm-hmm. we got to get into yeah. this. Yeah. So yeah. What, what do you say are some of your most memorable moments of being with this legendary collective? Oh man, it's so many, bro. It's so many, bro. Like, I would say, like, making a gang forever mixtape at studio oh. in Emeryville when we did Never Going Broke, and a young Kaylani was in there. Uh, just all the guys was in there. Uh, that Wiz Khalifa tour, that Under the Influence of Music tour, you. game changer. And that, like, shout out to Wiz, like, for giving me that opportunity that took me to a whole nother level. And then. Probably like going on David Letterman and Jimmy Kimmel with Sage was epic. Going on Arsenio Hall was epic. Uh, so yeah, it was like it's too many memories as far as H- oh, bro, I can't forget the HBK days. Crazy. Uh, I did this thing with Revolt where I hopped on a tour bus and I went to like four different high schools, and it was just like pulling up to them schools was crazy. Like the the fan love was through the roof. So like, man, HBK gang, bro, that's forever. But yeah. those times, those 2013, 14 times, whew, man, bro. Unforgettable. Unforgettable, bro. It's like, yeah. wow. Like, felt like I was an in sync or something. <laughs> <laughs> like for real though, we was like, I've been chasing. You did, like, you guys had a run. You had a great run. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure we did. Excellent run, bro. And now it's like a bunch of solo artists out of the clique is still doing well. So we good. Kilo, Cool John. Yeah, hell yeah. Yep, Cool John, yep. Yep. A lot of big things that you've accomplished thus far in 2013, 2014. Like I said, the last the last year for those real artists that come out and do their thing. And it's always great to see that they're still working, such as yourself yeah. with California Deluxe, man. Yeah, bro. Like 10 years later. So it's like still here, still hungry, still excited. So yeah, hell yeah, bro. What's left for you to accomplish, man? What's something that's your top goal here? Man, I got a bunch of goals, bro. I got a bunch of goals, bro. Um, acquiring, like, more land. Like, so I definitely want to build, like, some compounds around, like, creativity and, like, retail and stuff. Um, continue throwing my music festival, I Am Summer. Um, more tech space. Like I'm working with this app called Dot Wave, which is like for independent artists and like helping them get the exposure that they need. Um, man, NFTs, <laughs> man, it's hella, just hella stuff, bro. It's hella stuff, bro. But I'm, I'm hopping in that metaverse, bro. So just you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I do. I, I do, and that's amazing. I do want your thoughts on the whole Young Dolph thing that happened with him getting killed because rappers are just such a target and it's a shame because you guys just can't go on and succeed without the greed and envy and hate but your thoughts on that and you know just for rappers to to stay safe out here 
man, just rest in peace to him. And I got to just send my love to all his loved ones, people dealing with that loss. I was definitely a fan of his music. Um, my advice to rappers is tough. Like, you just got to stay safe. I mean, trust your instincts. That would probably be number one. Whenever you feel like, eh, listen to that little voice in you. And um, don't be so readily available, like my grandma would say. That's right. But definitely rest in peace to Young Dolph. That was sad loss just for the whole hip-hop. Yeah. It doesn't end. Nipsey Hustle, Chinks. It just man, yeah, man. Rest in peace to Chinks Drugs. Nipsey. Yeah. Nipsey was definitely somebody who was real cool. Every time I interacted with him, he was cool. Chinks Drugs. I got multiple songs with Chinks Drugs, so, you know. How was it working with him? Because he's someone that I personally was a fan of because this man... New York City loved Chinks because he was on yeah, that real hip hop. Yeah, time. he was just he was hella chill. So like, it was a period of time where I would be like, I had a couple songs with French Montana, like off of Molly, off the strength of Molly Mall. So, being around French and Molly Mall, I met Chinks, and then me and Chinks was the ones that really got cool. So he'd text me, check on me. I'll see him in a club, like old school greenhouse New York days. You know what I'm saying? I would see him and like Jim Jones and guys like that. And they would they would show me love outside. So yeah, me and Chinks, I did that. I hopped on that feelings remix. Um, and yeah, he hopped on a song called FTB of mine. And he was just cool as hell. And it was just, it was hella sad. Hearing he passed away, I was just like, damn, because I'm like, bro, we just now really locking in, you know. So it was just unfortunate we didn't get to do more work. Yeah, it's insane the amount of rappers that I've talked to and just hearing their stories of being just shot at and shot even and surviving. It's just and I've heard rappers describe it as being in the middle of a war. And it's just insane. You guys shouldn't have to go through that because that's the whole point. You know, when you make it, you make it out and you and you, you want to be successful and you want to get away from all that. And it's like it's sometimes for certain rappers, it's just impossible for them. And, he, and it's even when they're showing love. I mean, Young Dolph was showing love to to the cookie shop down there mm-hmm. and he was getting cookies from his mother and he's getting shot. It's just it's just. Despicable. Yeah, you never know. You can't you can't take the good times for granted because it could always change. But like as far as being in a war, I don't feel like I'm in a war. I feel like it's just an overall war outside, like a spiritual war. So it's just always good and evil. So you just got to keep your eyes open, you know. And like I was saying before, just trust your instincts. And I pick my spots. I'm not always on the road. People be um, always inviting me out to stuff and trying to do stuff, but. I curve certain things, you know what I'm saying? Like, and sometimes it's cool to just post up in the house. I got my microphone in the house. I just be staying low most of the time. Yeah, there's a war going on outside. No man is safe from, as Mob Deep said once. Facts, (laughs) big facts. (laughs) Nobody is special in that sense. So you just got to keep your eyes open, bro. That's number one. But Uh God is good, you know what I'm saying? So we're just going to stay blessed. Yeah. I am Sue. Is there anything else you'd love to let the audience know, your fans know, your listeners know, upcoming visuals, anything that you have coming planned out? I know you got some things with Lil John rolling out. Anything yeah. else? Man, a bunch of new music. Make sure you hit the eyesonmestore.com. That's T-H-E, eyesonmestore.com. Uh, I got my Christmas album, Eyes On Me Christmas. It's available everywhere. Make sure y'all grab that for the holiday season. And yep, California Deluxe, bro. I appreciate you having me on your show. 
No doubt, man. Let them know too where they can follow you on Instagram at I am Sue and all that TikTok, all your platforms, Twitter. Yeah, so on social media, Twitter and Instagram is at I am Sue. That's I A M S U. On TikTok is Heartbreak Susie, spelled S U Z Y. So Heartbreak Susie, make sure you hit me up on there. YouTube, the HBK Gang, and I got an I am Sue page. So I'm gonna start doing YouTube vlogs on. Make sure you follow them. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's the whole rundown. Yeah. Oh, SoundCloud. I am Sue SoundCloud. I'll be dropping freestyles all the time. So oh, make sure you like it on there. Still dropping stuff on SoundCloud. Still yeah, I'm dropping. never giving SoundCloud up. It's a wave. That's a wave <laughs> on Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it's amazing to see the real ones still on there instead of all the yeah. young artists that are just dropping toxic on there. <laughs> the garbage. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's great to see that there's some good artists on there still. Joe, appreciate that, bro. Oh, man. I am Sue. I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I had a great time. You're welcome on the show. Anytime you need any promo, uh, you, just let me know, and I'll be in contact with your management, and shout out to them for setting this up, and have a happy Thanksgiving, too, man. Salute to you, bro. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays, bro. You too, man. Enjoy the rest of your night, man. Take care and stay safe.